for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file. Hey, it's a map of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason. I'm so lost right now. When was the last time you chose a direction and followed it? I'm going to Ocean Bay. We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. Yes, maps can have secrets. Follow and hear new episodes of Trap Street anywhere you listen to podcasts. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey today. You're listening to The Subjective Truth, a paranormal docudrama about UFOs, ghosts, and liars. Written and produced by Jeremy Ellett. Starring Addison Peacock as Graham Anderson. Patterns. I'm not sure who originally said it, but there's this quote I once heard that went something like, once there are enough dots on the board, everyone can pick out their own pattern. Today on the show, I'd like to take a step back and examine some of these proposed dots and patterns as they pertain to the Buddha Klein disappearance. All the answers to the question of what happened to Buddha Klein? Theory number one, Occam's razor. The most logical answer is probably the correct one. Despite all of the high strangeness surrounding the case, the truth is most likely that Buddha injured himself or became trapped somewhere and died from exposure or dehydration. But if this were the case, wouldn't some trace of him have been found during the search or in the time since? 
much as I'd love to believe it was something crazier, after hearing everything that happened, I think he was attacked by some wild animal. Like a bear or a mountain lion or something. It'd be a messed up way to go for sure, but he wouldn't be the first. If Buddha had been attacked by a wild animal, he should have still been within range of Amy hearing the commotion. During the initial search, this was one of the working theories. But no blood or torn clothing or any other signs of a struggle were ever found. It does, however, remain the most likely scenario for Buddha's sudden disappearance. I, I read online that Buddha never learned how to swim. This really seems like a simple solve. The guy can't swim, he falls in the same water system that Amy does, and he doesn't get as lucky as she did. Bam. Game over. This is another of those misinformation tidbits that somehow find their way in and then never leave. Buddha could swim. I couldn't trace back the claims of his being unable to, so I'm not sure how that rumor was started. This, of course, doesn't rule out the possible drowning, but I wanted to take this time to clarify that often misreported fact. Theory number two. It's all a hoax. You idiots! None of this is real. These two are going to be sitting across from Dr. Phil in a few months trying to hawk some terrible books with shittily Photoshop covers. My fake-ass space trip with the Star Brothers by Buddha Klein. <laughs> or what to expect when you're expecting an alien baby by Amy Klein. The it's a hoax response is almost reflexive to any story that mentions UFOs, aliens, or anything strange. But after speaking with Amy and Buddha's family, and others surrounding the case, it's hard for me to believe that any of this was a hoax. And if it was, what's the point of keeping it going now? Wouldn't the time to return and cash in already have come and gone? Theory number three. Buddha left intentionally to start a new life. This may not be what Amy wants to hear, but I think Buddha used the New Mexico trip as a cover to leave her for another woman. He probably slipped away during the storm and had his mistress waiting for him back on the highway with a change of clothes and a brand new life. Lots of guys do stuff like that. Just saying. Theory number four. Amy the killer. I feel bad even discussing this theory because I don't believe she would ever do something like this. But since it is a prevailing theory regarding the case, it must be part of our discussion. Oh, hello there. Something that's always set a little uneasy with me in this whole thing is that guy that Amy and Buddha talked to right before he disappeared. The Doug Funny guy. The way I see it, the dude's already using an alias. One that Amy knew Buddha would respond to. A name that would distract him and cause him to let his guard down. So long story short, I think Amy wanted to get rid of Buddha cashing on some life insurance money, and she got this guy Doug Funny, or whoever he really is, to help her do it and get rid of the body. Ever wonder why the tape stops right after he shows up? I sure have. The theories sometimes break apart and splinter into tiny, strange slivers of fringe. Buddha was abducted by blonde Nordic aliens. Beautiful man. I know, because I was there too. 
many times venturing far off the point. Geneva White killed JFK. She was working with her husband, Roscoe, the Patsy Lee Harvey Oswald, and her former boss, Jack Ruby. They knew that in the chaos, no one would be looking for a woman shooter, and it worked. Even in the decades since, has anyone ever hinted at the trigger man really being a trigger woman? Graham, just remember, if you start staring into the void, it'll stare back at you. Peekers, hide-behinds, call them whatever you want. This is all a game to them. A game you do not want to play. Well, you've given me a lot to think about and made me sufficiently paranoid. But please, do keep calling. I feel like maybe there's a chance you aren't all crazy and you're trying to tell us something. Something we just can't understand yet. I took part in a remote viewing project in the early 70s with some hand-selected promising young candidates. It involved me, Andrew Basiago, Andrew Burkhart, and one Mr. Barry Obama. Or maybe not. I would ask you to consider whether or not there is any proof that your personality will persist after death. What kind of evidence could be produced to justify the acceptance of a belief in the persistence of personality after death, not as a mere hypothesis, but as an ascertained and demonstrable fact? The proof of life after death has arrived. While attempting to create a synthetic replica of the human brain, Japanese neuroscientist Dr. Katarayuta made the greatest discovery in the history of mankind. Me. I'm W.T. Stead. I died on April the 15th, 1912, aboard the RMS Titanic. 106 years later, in 2018, Dr. Ryuta brought me back from the dead. He rebooted my consciousness, if you will. With the simple turn of a knob, you can bring them back too. Reboots. The proof of life after death has arrived. Available exclusively at Brooking Luxury Gifts. Hey, yeah, this is Daryl from Lubbock. I know this is going to sound insane, but stay with me here. Do you think there's a chance Buddha could have been kidnapped and eaten alive by the Garys? It's not as crazy as it sounds. I'm pretty sure the second Gary's Big Game was opened in northeastern New Mexico. Think about it, y'all. Think about it. The Gary's the caller is referring to are a radical group of people who've become the epicenter of the artificial meat debate. Gary's Big Game was a small chain restaurant specializing in exotic and formerly unattainable meats. Gary's was able to provide these guilt-free delights with the help of modern science. Giraffe burgers, rhino bacon, dog biscuits. You get the idea. But the dish that became a sensation, a scandal, and a national debate was the long pulled pork sandwich. 
For those of you who don't subscribe to Cannibal Facts, long pork is a term used for human meat. Ever wonder what people taste like? Me neither, but apparently many, many people did. And I have to think that some others simply didn't understand what they were ordering when they ordered the long pulled pork sandwich. But supposedly, the dish was as addictive as it was delicious. Once you had a taste, you were hooked. Gary's big game could barely keep up with the demand and would often run out before noon. The legality of this taboo dish became a hotly contested topic of conversation in the United States. Personal freedoms versus human decency. A federal ban was placed on any and all artificial replications of human meat. Despite being pushed underground, the dish continues to flourish and attract new Garys. But as demand continues to grow, the ability to create enough product to match the demand is severely hampered by the legal consequences of making or selling said product. This has led to widespread speculation and rumors that certain organic substitutions have been made. Or, in other words, actual people were being eaten by the Garys to satisfy their cravings. While it in no way confirms these wild claims, it is interesting to note that all five of the cities where Gary's big game operated, Lubbock, Tulsa, El Paso, Albuquerque, and Taos, have all had recent spikes in missing persons cases since the restaurant's closing in October of 2019. Buddha Klein is included in that number. We'll be back soon with more of the subjective truth. Until then, stay safe and don't become a story. Klein's biological mother. Giving him up for adoption wasn't an easy decision. I was scared for my life. I wasn't sure how to protect my child or myself. So, selfishly, I just ran away from the problems and turned him over to the state. I was a young 16-year-old girl when the nightly visitations began. I would be greeted by a bright glowing light pulsating in my room. Without even so much as sitting up, I would be pulled from my bed, the blanket sliding off of me as I floated up into the air. I reached out to stop myself at the ceiling, but like a ghost, I passed straight through it. And then I was looking up at the stars. I remember thinking how beautiful and vibrant they were that night. 
The next thing I know, I was aboard their ship. I heard him whispering in my ear, very soft, very fast and scattered. I didn't understand any of it. I felt a deep pinch and pressure move up my thighs and then in my stomach. I wanted to scream, but I couldn't function. I wasn't strapped down, but I couldn't move. There were three of them standing over me. I looked up into their large, dark eyes, and I saw my frozen face staring back at me. At some point, I passed out, and when I woke up, I was back home in my bed. Seven and a half months later, a premature Buddha was cut out of me. Of course, I didn't name him Buddha. I called him Eddie after, you know, Eddie Vedder. The visitors came back to see me again a few times after he was born. They pulled us both back up into their ship, poked and prodded us. They were planning to take him, and I knew there was nothing I could do to stop them, so I gave little Eddie away. Thought he'd be safe. Thought maybe they wouldn't be able to find him. The Subjective Truth is a Good Point podcast. Written and produced by Jeremy Ellett. This episode featured performances from Halen Dean, Karen Heimdall, Samuel Parrish, Adam Durgeman, Bryce Bankard, Dylan Hodge, Nathan Foster, Emma Elizabeth, Jared I. McGee, Justy G., and Addison Peacock as Graham Anderson. Vocal direction by Danielle Ellett. Editing and sound design by Jeremy Ellett. Music by Baggio Alvarado. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.